0: Now it's time for Reflections from Asia with Harvey Stockman. This is a Personal View programme, first broadcast in February of this year. Sometimes, just occasionally, in politics as in love affairs, little things may mean a lot. A small gesture can encapsulate an historical departure, or at least it may seem to do so. So it was at Delhi Airport on January the 25th this year. The usual line of Indian official welcomers was on hand as the US presidential plane, Air Force One, came slowly to a halt on the tarmac. At the last moment, they were joined by someone who usually leaves the welcoming of state guests to others, Indian Prime Minister Narendra Modi. President Barack Obama and First Lady Michelle Obama slowly descended the long flight of stairs. The President shook the hand of the uniformed airport official at the bottom of the stairs and immediately turned to the Prime Minister. They hugged each other warmly. So ended the scrupulous adherence to strict non-alignment with the United States, persistently pursued by all Indian Prime Ministers since independence in 1947. That moment of the hug was then endlessly played and replayed on the numerous Indian TV channels. You can still see various versions of the incident on YouTube. There was a follow-up Modi-Obama hug the next day, January twenty-sixth, at the conclusion of their joint press conference, perhaps to emphasise that the first hug was no accident. Two days later, Ellen Barry of the New York Times featured the incident under the heading Modi and Obama Hugging for India's Security and offered this interesting insight, Quote, Modi has been known to hug other leaders whom he considers trusted partners. Prime Minister Shinzo Abe of Japan, and more recently Prime Minister Tony Abbott of Australia. There has been a lot of talk about personal chemistry over the last few days, but Mr Modi is extremely careful about the signals he sends. So let me suggest the following way of understanding this development as a quadrilateral security hug. Miss Barry was speculating on the possible rebirth of a four-nation security dialogue between India, Australia, Japan and the United States, which died a few years ago in part because of Australian timidity in the face of ardent opposition from China, which called the concept a mini-NATO. Well, Japanese Prime Minister Shinzo Abe was the chief Indian guest at the Republican Day Parade last year. Obama was the chief guest on January 26th this year. And if Tony Abbott, or whoever is then Australian Prime Minister, is the chief guest next year, then Miss Barry really will be on to something. But for now, the significance of Modi's warm greetings for Obama is primarily bilateral, not multilateral. It conceivably signifies a radical change in India's attitude towards the United States. India's non-aligned policy and general political attitudes previously had a strong street of anti-Americanism. First, President Bill Clinton and then President George W. Bush both tried to intensify Indo-American relations, but met with only limited success. India simply did not reciprocate their initiatives. Under successive Congress governments, non-alignment essentially meant keeping the Americans at a distance. No hugs. As I mentioned in last week's reflections, the only time Nehru considered close ties with the United States to be absolutely essential was in 1962, when Chinese troops were invading India. And then some smart footwork by Chinese Premier Zhou Enlai quickly reinstalled Nehruvian non-alignment. When Chinese President Xi Jinping failed to make absolutely sure last year that his visit to India was completely detached from any intrusion of Chinese troops across the Indian border, Modi's foreign policy reservations were confirmed. He hugged Obama to remind Indians that they had elected a different vision of non-alignment, just in case anyone missed that message, no sooner had Obama left India and Modi promoted the Indian ambassador to the United States who had done much of the summit spade work to now be in charge of the Indian foreign ministry. President Obama was, of course, expecting change in New Delhi, was expecting Modi to try to strengthen the Indo-American relationship. It was that which had drawn him to make a second state visit to India during his presidency. But even he may have been surprised, not so much by the hugs, but by the fact that when the two leaders sat down together on the 26th of January to discuss global aviation scene, the first 45 minutes were devoted to discussing China. As far as I know, no insider accounts of that conversation have yet emerged. But what did emerge during the Modi-Obama summit were no less than three joint documents and one presentation, all of which indicated, amongst other things, a changing Indo-American relationship. First, there was the 11-paragraph U.S.-India Joint Strategic Vision for the Asia-Pacific and Indian Ocean region. Reflecting, quote, our agreement that a closer partnership between the United States and India is indispensable to promoting peace, prosperity and stability in those regions, unquote. Overall, the vision was fairly predictable, but after all, it was, as far as I know, the first time these two democracies had tried to harmonise their security thinking. Two paragraphs clearly reflected that secret 45-minute discussion of China's role in the region. Regional prosperity depends on security. We affirm the importance of safeguarding maritime security and ensuring freedom of navigation and overflight throughout the region, especially in the South China Sea we call upon all parties to avoid the threat or use of force and to pursue resolution of territorial and maritime disputes through all peaceful means in accordance with universally recognized principles of international law, including the United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea, But the vision also stressed recognition that India and the United States, as the two largest democracies, must work together to, quote, promote the shared values that have made our countries great, recognizing that our interests in peace, prosperity and stability are well served by our common commitment to the Universal Declaration of Human Rights, unquote. Another aspect of the still-developing joint vision was the interesting promise to increase, quote, our respective efforts to increase ties among Asian powers, enabling both our nations to better respond to diplomatic, economic and security challenges in the region, unquote. The United States welcomed India's interest in joining APEC. The Asia Pacific Economic Cooperation Grouping. The vision statement ended by pledging to strengthen regional forums and to pursue areas where we can build capacity in the region that bolster long term peace and prosperity for all. In some foreign reporting of the Indo-American summit, the Joint Strategic Vision was confused with the second document, the US-India Joint Statement, in part because the Joint Statement was only available on the Internet. The Joint Vision came in at a little over 400 words, but the Joint Statement was something else again. When I finally tracked it down, it was a massive document of 5,770 words, the equivalent by itself of three reflections from Asia. This joint statement was more notable for its length than for its eloquence. It consisted of 59 separate paragraphs listing all the Indo-American discussions held, decisions reached, initiatives taken, memorandums of understanding signed, and programs initiated, ranging from an effort to recover remains of fallen U.S. soldiers who served in World War II in India to the proposed joint explanation of one unknown reality in space. Paragraph 5 had 32 subsections listing the follow-ups to developments set in train by the Modi-Obama summit in Washington last September. Paragraph 44 had seven subsections... I report all these details because this is one joint statement that has such a far-flung focus, it cannot be reduced to a precise perspective other than that the Indo-American relationship is being both expanded and energised. Against this background, an additional stress on amity in an additional document may seem completely redundant, but the fact remains that there was a third document issued on January the 25th as, quote, reflecting the close ties between our two great democracies, India and the United States agreed to elevate our long-standing strategic relationship with a deck Declaration of Friendship, capital D, capital F, that strengthens and expands the relationship between our two countries, unquote. The Declaration, quote, makes tangible and more enduring the commitment of our two countries to harness the inherent potential of our two democracies and upgrades the unique nature of our relationship, committing our governments to work through areas of difference, unquote. Specifically, the declaration commits India and the United States to hold regular summits with increased periodicity, initiates a regular strategic and commercial dialogue between foreign and trade ministers, and promises that hotlines will now be established between Prime Minister and President. So where do all these developments leave the Indo-American relationship? Is it becoming an alliance? Mm, perhaps. Perhaps. Is India's policy of non-alignment dead? Hmm, Probably not. The clearest answer to this intriguing question came on January the 27th, as Obama told a packed and largely useful audience in Delhi's Siri Fort auditorium,
1: I realize that the sight of an American president as your chief guest on Republic Day would once have seemed unimaginable, but uh, my visit reflects the possibilities of a new moment. As I've said many times, I believe that the relationship between India and the United States can be one of the defining partnerships of the century. When I spoke to your parliament on my last visit, I laid out my vision for how our two nations can build that partnership. And today I want to speak directly to you, the people of India, about what I believe we can achieve together and how we can do it.
0: Time and again during the speech, Obama used one word to describe the Indo-American relationship. Partnership. Very clearly, a greater degree of Indo-American partnership is what Obama and Modi seek. In conclusion, here is more of what Obama had to say on this theme.
1: So today, let me say, sisters and brothers of India... My confidence in what our nations can achieve together is rooted in the values that we share. For we may have our different histories and speak different languages. But when we look at each other, we see a reflection of ourselves. Having thrown off colonialism, we created constitutions that began with the three same words, we the people. As societies that celebrate knowledge and innovation, We transformed ourselves into high-tech hubs of the global economy. Together, we unlock new discoveries, from the particles of creation to outer space. And we are among the few nations to have gone to both the Moon and to Mars. The United States has the largest Indian diaspora in the world, including some three million proud Indian Americans. And they make America stronger, and they tie us together, bonds of family and friendship that allow us to share in each other's success. So for all these reasons, India and the United States are not just natural partners. I believe America can be India's best partner. I believe that.